No matter where life takes us, Pastor Xavier Reese says, Scripture's simple truths remain significant in any environment. The teaching of God's Word in the church will do two important things. First, the Word of God will be transforming believers. Secondly, the Word will offend others by the truth that is pointed out, resulting in warning them that their error will not be tolerated in the church. Those are two good things that take place when the Word of God is taught. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's easy to be fascinated with the glamour and the lights, but we need to remember the outside trappings of man do not distract the eyes of God. Yet today, Pastor Xavier takes a look at both the fake and genuine relationships with God, and he reminds us the real relationships begin on the inside, in the heart. Take a moment to open your Bible to the Gospel of Luke for today's simple truths. Luke chapter 11, we're going to look at verses 37 to 54, and the message entitled, False Spirituality Exposed by Jesus. The Pharisees' invitation of Jesus to dinner here prompted the denunciation of these religious rulers and is characterized by the following. First, the insincere invitation in verse 37 to 44. Insincere invitation. Jesus has just given the parable of the lighted lamp. There in verse 33, Jesus said, A lamp is not hidden, but should be placed on the stand for all to see the light. 36, he said, We are not to allow darkness to put out our light, but let it shine for the lost. That can only be speaking of a Christian. That's not a non-believer. See? Very important. Now, this is when the Pharisee interrupts or gives the invitation. Notice then in 37, 38, you have the extension of the invitation. The person is described as a certain Pharisee that asked him to dine with him. And yet, they were the biggest enemies of Jesus. Jesus knew these men were always trying to trap him. And yet, he accepts the invitation, and he knew that they were doing it in order to accuse him, to trap him. And yet, Jesus' motivation is always to reach out to the lost, to turn them from their sin. Notice Jesus shocked the Pharisee. When the Pharisees saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. Now, it doesn't mean that he didn't wash. It means he didn't wash the way they had this ritual. They had specific rituals to wash their hands. They sought for distinction of praise by their outward observances of the external rites and the ceremonies. A special water put aside in, in, in these uh, uh, in these containers, and and they would get about a, a an eggshell and a half of water, and they would first pour in their hand, and this way to go over the wrist, and then they would rub them together, then they would dip them the other way, and and all this, and and you know now they were sanctified, and they put a premium on this. Look at Jesus exposes their evil hearts. Wow, they never expected this. <laughs> presenting themselves outwardly as righteous. Then the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and dish clean. Figurative language. But Jesus is using the cup and dish to indicate a literal condition, seemingly holy appearance to others publicly, a facade. But your inward part is full of greed and wickedness. They stole from widows. Read Matthew 23, Mark 12. Foolish ones, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? Whoa. 
Notice Jesus pointed out, Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seats in the synagogues and greeting in the marketplaces. The best seats in the synagogues, up front, semi-circle. Everybody's looking right at you. Here you are. They love themselves. The greeting in the marketplaces was their insistence on giving them honor publicly. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like graves which are not seen, and the men who walk over them are not aware of them. The scribes were the recorders of Scripture, also lawyers. They were spiritually unclean. They were not seen as defiled and corrupt with dead men's bones, and people coming in contact with should really be defiled because of them. Wow. I don't think they ate much at this dinner. There are always people who, like the Pharisees, presenting themselves as one thing. But in reality, they are false, trusting in their self-righteous works, rituals, or ceremony. A buzzword of today, I'm spiritual. Yeah, dark or light. People live like the heathen thing. They call themselves Christians. They drink, they cuss. They go party with the world, and then they still say they're Christians. And they oh, well, but Jesus hung out there. And they're tweaking everything, this postmodern, emergent, wreck train. There is no person that hides anything from God. He sees everything, the false and evil words to deceive and to manipulate, to injure people within the body of Christ. The insincere invitation led to their condemnation. Notice, secondly, comes the indignant Interruption in 45 through 51. In 45, the lawyer took personal offense at the words of Jesus. What a surprise. He attempted to intimidate and put Jesus on the spot. It backfires on him. The lawyer, a law expert in traditions of their interpretations, addressed Jesus. He said, then one of the lawyers answered and said to him, this guy couldn't wait to just confront Jesus, and the lawyer was respectful. Outwardly, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, calling him teacher. The lawyer was accusing Jesus of being harsh. Listen to his words. By saying these things, you reproach us also. Now, I'm sure he was waiting for, oh, I'm sorry. Jesus accuses him of abusing the position of power and authority. Jesus affirms this to the lawyer. He didn't say sorry. He says, woe to you also, lawyers. Whoa. Love it. Jesus exposes their unjust lording over the people, making life, life more difficult for them than God intended. Listen to the words. For you load men with burdens hard to bear. Jesus said they were guilty of indifference. Not only burdening the people, making it hard to live. God never intended all those meticulous things. But they were indifferent. They excluded themselves as they leave from keeping the law. And you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your little fingers. Jesus accused them of being like their fathers. Jesus pronounced judgment over them for their false spiritual pretense. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. By building the tombs of the prophets, they were seemingly honoring them. By being silent of the evil of their fathers, they were complicit with them <laughs> in all actuality. So Jesus accused them of being one with their fathers. In fact, you bear witness that you approve the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them. And you, you build their tombs. They were honoring the Jews 
who killed the prophets, their fathers, by these tombs. They were continuing the work of their fathers. They were accessories to the crime, complicit. In 49, Jesus declared the faithfulness of God to send messengers to warn his people to repent and return to God. Always. They can't blame God. All day long I've sent them and you've killed them, the prophets say in the Old Testament. Notice they were without excuse. Therefore, the wisdom of God also said, I will send them prophets and apostles. So not only the past, but in the present and the future. They treated them with dishonor and murdered them. And some of them they will kill and persecute. Jesus is the ultimate prophet of Deuteronomy 18. And they were going to kill him, the very Messiah. Now notice in 1551, Jesus declared the people listened to him were liable for being part of their violent history against the prophets by not having repented. Don't miss this. Blood must be atoned. Listen to his words. That the blood of all prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation. Do you remember when Noah got off the boat? Listen carefully, Genesis 9, 6. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. God requires murderers to be put to death. Something that we have destroyed our society by, by allowing murderers to live and not putting them to death. You say, well, that's Old Testament. No, 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 no. It's all the way through with the New Testament also. Paul says that they, don't, they do not bear the sword in vain. He's talking about Rome and its capital punishment. From the first to the last book in the Hebrew Bible is indicated. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the temple, yes, I say to you, it shall be required of this generation. The passage is from Genesis 4.8. Abel, killed by Cain, and then... Zechariah, he was stoned in the temple court because he spoke against idolatry against King Joash in 2 Chronicles 24, 20 through 22. The first book, and in the Hebrew Bible, the last book. Okay? And so here he says, all of these guys, you are guilty of the same thing. Amazing. The teaching of God's word in the church will do two important things. First, the Word of God will be transforming believers and ensuring healthy growth, development, and maturity for the body of Christ, as Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says. God giving pastor teachers, evangelists, on and so forth, for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of ministry, that we be not tossed to and fro with every one of doctrine, everybody growing to the full stature of maturity in Christ, every joint and ligament doing its part for the edification of God in love. Very important. Secondly, the word will offend others by the truth that is pointed out about their error, resulting in warning them that their error will not be tolerated in the church. Those are two good things that take place when the word of God is taught. The believers built up in growth and maturity, and the carnal Christian or the deceiver is warned. Real simple. We believe in Matthew 18. You go by one when somebody offends you, then you go by two, then by three. You take care of it yourself first. Then if you can't handle it, you bring it to the church. Okay? 1 Timothy 1.3 says, As I urged you when you went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Now, some of you would not want Paul as your pastor. 
for saying this. Paul said, don't let him teach any that false doctrine. No other doctrine. And people get mad because I expose heresy. I call people by names. 1 Timothy 4.13, till I come, give attention to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Doctrine. Take heed to yourselves and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. 1 Timothy 4.16. Why are people so against doctrine today? Why is the emergent church so much against doctrine? Oh, we don't want to bother about doctrine. You don't? Where's your commitment to the Bible? All scripture given by inspiration of God. Profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished into every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. For the time will come, it says, that when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up teachers to themselves. We see it today. Driscoll, McLaren, Rob Bell, and many others. And those that partner with them, they're bringing in false doctrine to the church. The ones having the greater judgment are those who are in the position in the church of leadership who are abusing and misusing their positions and authority in the church. When I give names, when I say something, I've done my homework. And so I don't take it lightly just to say things. And so we need to be careful. Listen to Jesus. In Luke 12, 35 to 36, he says, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait from the, for their master when he will return for the wedding. And when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. He's talking to believers. Now listen. In the same chapter, Luke 12, 43 to 46, he says, Blessed is that servant who his master will find so doing when he comes. That's a believer. He says, truly, I say to you that he will make him rule over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, he's still talking about Christians. This is the one who is not faithful. My master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk. The master of the servant will come in a day when he is not looking for him and in an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint him as portion with the unbelievers. There's the contrast. The believer will be appointed with the unbeliever. Strong warnings. Words of Jesus. You're going to mess with them? I wouldn't. This can be by teaching of error or affiliating with those who teach error. Listen to the Old Testament passage in 2 Kings 3, 13 through 14. Then Elijah said to the king of Israel, What have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your fathers, the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord Yahweh has called these three kings together to deliver them into the, the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord Yahweh, the host, the captain of the armies of heaven, lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. Jehoshaphat, what are you doing with the king of Israel? What are you doing partnering with him? Why are people partnering with Driscoll and that for the sake of evangelism? Do they not think that the waters will be poisoned? Do they think they can escape the affiliation and contamination? God help us, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand in the way and see, and ask for the old paths, 
where the good way is and walk in it, then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Wow. That's today. Nobody wants to walk in the old. The new way. The new way is the wrong way. Notice thirdly, 53 to 54, it's short. The incriminating adjudication. In 52, the Lord Jesus pointed out their crime. The lawyers had removed the word of God from being the standard that reveals the way of salvation. The judgment is pronounced. Woe to you, lawyers. The wicked deed is stated, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Circle that. The phrase key of knowledge refers to the unlocking of understanding of God's revelation and his word. This was their, their job. The key being the symbol of authority to Eliakim in Isaiah 22, 22, and 23 of the house of David placed upon his shoulders where he should open and no one would shut and shut and no man would open. This very key is directed and pointed to Jesus himself in Matthew 16, 19 as he gives Peter the keys to opening the Pentecost upon you. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Revelation 1, 8 and 3, 7 to the church's revelation. Jesus is the key. Jesus is the one that opens up our understanding but through the Holy Spirit. They had confounded God's word with their interpretations and rituals rather than trusting the faith of Abraham. You see, these lawyers had rejected the clear understanding to the entrance to heaven and obstructed others from entering into heaven. Listen to these words. This is Jesus speaking. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering, they were entering. They were in the process. You hindered them. Wow. This is Jesus speaking. People entering and they were hindering them. They were trusting their own righteousness and works. They were pointing people to that. They were teaching others their error, denying them entrance to heaven. Redirecting. No, 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 not that way. Over here. And so today, much of the emergent church. Oh, you don't have to study the word. You don't have prophecy. And you don't have, oh, you, you drinking. You know, are, are you a sipping saint? Okay. You go from sipping to guzzling. You be careful. Notice 53 to 54, the Lord Jesus was attacked viciously. No surprise. They attacked Jesus verbally in 53. They became infuriated. And he said these things to them. As he said these things to them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to assail him vehemently. I mean, this, this, it's getting hot. It's hostile here. Indicating a radical break in the relationship with Jesus here and he with them. Ambushing him, if you will, as their number one enemy. They bombarded Jesus with questions about many things. The phrase has the idea of verbal interrogation. Non-stop. That's what dishonest people do. Try to overwhelm you. Intimidate you. You think Jesus was intimidated? They plotted against him, 54. They were continuously observing to trap and to find fault with Jesus, lying in wait for him and seeking to catch him in something he might say. They desired to charge Jesus that they might accuse him. Wow. Do you think Jesus didn't know this? Of course he did. He loves sinners, but he confronts sinners to turn them. But everybody makes a decision. The public school system and universities have taken away the keys of knowledge in our nation of the Judeo-Christian history. Much like the Pharisees caused the people to be burdened under the word of God. What a crime it is. 
What a crime that within the church today, that people would make the word of God on the opposite end, not so burdensome, but so light that it's not even respected or revered. And to think that you can live like the world and still call yourself a Christian, that's just the opposite. It's the other extreme. No different. The only standard for spiritual objective truth for life and practice is the word of God, ladies and gentlemen. This is the plumb line. The Bible clearly states that it is the revelation of God directly from him through human agencies. The Bible is God's revelation of himself to man, while inspiration is the supernatural influence of the Holy Spirit upon divinely chosen men, consequently making their writings trustworthy and authoritative, being infallible and inerrant in the original autographs or manuscripts. God making himself known to man. There's no other book in the world you can have like this. This is not a religious book. This is not a spiritual book. This is the word of God. All scriptures given by inspiration literally expire from God. God breathed in 2 Timothy 3.16. Men of old did not speak of their own impulse or origin, 2 Peter 1, 19-21, but they were carried along by the spirit of God. So what you possess in your laps is God's inerrant, infallible word. The warning is clear to those who hinder sinners from salvation. It's a strong warning to all. Listen to Matthew 18, 5 through 6. Whoever receives one little child like this, in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. That's Jesus. Most people wouldn't have him for their pastor today, speaking like that. That's unloving. That's uncompassionate. I believe in the God of love. We don't know what we're talking about. The Bible is a clear record of the outrage against believers who accept, believe, and proclaim God's word as completely authoritative and reliable. The Bible's full of it. Jeremiah was intimidated, mocked, threatened, plotted against, imprisoned, beat, you name it. God told him from the beginning, I made you an iron pillar, a brazen wall. Don't be confounded before their face unless I dismay you. Amos the prophet was told to be quiet. Go prophesy somewhere else in your land. He said, hey, where? I was a sheep breeder. I was a farmer of, of, of seed and that and, a, and of fruit. God called me. I'm not going anywhere. Men of God have always been persecuted throughout the ages. Those missionaries that went to China, to Japan, those in Africa, Throughout the centuries, even today. Listen to the words of Jesus in John 15, 18 through 20. It says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the words that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep your words also. Wow. We're in good company, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not disappoint the Lord. He washed feet. You think you're above washing feet? I hope not. The incriminating adjudication led to their guilt of spiritual destruction. For eternity, we're talking about. Wow. And so, the denunciation by Jesus of these religious rulers, the insincere invitation led to their condemnation. The indignant interruption led to their guilt by collaboration 
and the incriminating adjudication led to their guilt of spiritual destruction. Man, love warns, hoping that you don't go there. That's the heart of God. Life is full of choice, and hopefully you will choose wisely. That's the simple truth from today's study by Pastor Xavier Reese. Now, if you'd like your own copy of today's message, ask for it by name, False Spirituality Exposed by Jesus. We've made it available on CD for only $4. Plus, we'll be including everything we heard the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is False Spirituality Exposed by Jesus, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com